Tonight I want to explore with you a simple practice, a simple but not easy practice, which is uh, the practice of saying yes. Saying yes. Not, uh, not as a conceptual or gesture, but uh, as a felt experience, uh, an embodied experience. And this practice is based on a fundamental Buddhist insight that we suffer because we resist. So we create suffering through the way we relate to the things which are happening inside of us or outside of us. This is something, uh, it's not a dogma, it's something where we also are invited to explore how much of my suffering is created through my resistance of pain. And what happens if I soften the resistance. What happens if I don't if I don't make things worse by resisting them? There's a nice kind of pith instruction from Western psychology pain management psychology. What you resist persists. What you resist persists. So tonight I want to talk a bit about what this saying yes saying yes is not because you know People misunderstand often what we actually say yes to. Also, I want to talk about the no, because it's important to also get to know the no, get to know it. How do you say no? And what does it with you when you say no? So I, I would like to make all of us uh, a bit more curious about yes, experimenting with it, right there in your immediate experience. So it is a, exploring the practice of surrender. So let's uh, take some time to settle before I start to start to talk. There's an invitation to 
make contact with yourself, with what you bring into this moment. So I invite you into a space where you give yourself the permission to do nothing and, and take a few moments to be with yourself. If you like, you can close your eyes if that helps to be a bit to, to go a bit more inward. And then notice what happens. Notice your posture to where you sit. And gently allow your attention or your awareness slide into the body, even down into your feet. Notice how the chair or the floor carries you. And let yourself be carried. Maybe it supports you when you slide on the in-breath, you slide, your awareness slides into your body and you can imagine it as a kind of embrace, a kind of hug, a friendly hug, taking yourself into the arm of breath and awareness. And of course, thoughts are there, that's fine. And there's the possibility to take them less serious. There's nothing you need to think about right now. Nothing you need to figure out. And then with the out-breath, 
there might be a possibility to soften a bit some of the effort, some of the doing. So your body, belly, belly can soften and your shoulders. See if you can, just for a few moments, put down the burden of struggling, of improving, of trying to get somewhere. Just a little bit. And if you notice that you try to attain something or you try to get rid of something with the out-breath, you soften the grip as if you are opening a fist. Just rest. The senses are open. You don't need to particular concentrate on something. Just being present, being aware. And that is without effort, it's happening by itself. You are here, this moment is what it is, and you are aware. And if you get caught in the stream of thinking without hurry, gentle, <coughs> drop back into the body. Into your aliveness.
Then even if there's movement, maybe there's discomfort, physical or emotional, restlessness or tiredness. Still, peace is also happening. Stillness is also happening. Surrounding you. Pervading you. yourself be meditated by the stillness we, sh we share, by the sweet stillness, stillness, by the sweet stillness. As if you're bathing. something which is untouched by the sounds and thoughts and feelings like the sky is untouched when the birds fly when a bird flies through And then if you get entangled, you drop into your hands, into the belly. The flow of the breath. And then, if possible, you just listen. You listen with your heart. the silence we share, the presence we share.
everything you need to be home, to be whole, to be complete right now. Allowing this moment to be what it is by surrendering by saying yes. this too. This also. And even that. like to start with this story from the Tibetan tradition uh, from um, the story uh, about the Tibetan yogi Milarepa probably some of you have heard that name quite quite a very important and venerated uh, yogi practitioner in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And Milarepa spent many years in retreat in caves. You can actually visit some of these caves where he had been meditating. So one day he went out of his case, cave uh, to collect some firewood. And when he came back to his cave, his cave was full of demons. <laughs> I guess we all have an understanding that what the Tibetans call demons uh, refer to 
this symbolic interpretation of difficult inner processes. So I guess we all have a sense uh, when I say, so what is your demon? I guess we have a sense of the demons in, in our psyche. So, Milarepa had a problem, similar you know, like us. First thing, he tried to get rid of them. <coughs> he tried to get rid of them. He fights them. He blames them. He tries to throw them out. And more he is trying that, bigger they become, and even worse, there's more demons coming up. By kind of going into that fight, more demons, the ones who are there become stronger and, and uh, more demons come up. So that is something we know probably from our life, that the way we approach difficulties within us, you know, outside of us, often creates more tension, more demons. So we grieve, but then we are shamed. There is the next demon, shame. So not only we have grief, but also we have shame. then uh, we relate to the shame which through, through addiction so we have another theme so that's uh, that describes this first step how Milarepa related to the demons the fighting, the struggling, the blaming basically violence. So that didn't work. Second, second approach, teaching the demon. Ah, I can teach them the Dharma. So he sits down, talks about impermanence, compassion, emptiness, and the demons, they just stare at him. Some of them even get bigger. Yeah. So that's us. Sometimes called cognitive psychology. which has failed. So again, the demons stabilized, multiplied, uh, and the teaching approach didn't work. Doesn't help to say to the anxiety demon you have nothing to be afraid of. Just think a bit, bit differently. 
doesn't help the demon of grief to say, yeah, everything is impermanent. So, third approach. Mirarepa, okay. Fighting does not work. Teaching does not work. Maybe have, they have something wise to say. Maybe I can learn from them. Maybe I just listen. So, he goes to the cave, sits down, and just listens to the demon. So, to the demons. No? Assuming they, they have something to say. That's why they are there. So, and uh, so one by one, the demon uh, tell their story and Middle Ripper listens and learns. He learns a lot from the different demons, obviously. <clears throat> and they fade. One by one they fade, except one. And I think that's also something we can recognize in our life. There seems to be always this, this one, you know? <laughs> this one who is not leaving. Yeah. And yeah, sometimes we walk our whole life with that one. And we, and, and we fight it, and we try to teach it, and we even at one point, we kind of we start to listen, yeah? Uh, but uh, it's still sitting there, the biggest one. So, what is left? What Milarepa does is, he sits down in front of the demon and says, I give up, I surrender, take me. Just take me. And the demon opens his mouth and he puts his head into the mouth and he closes the eyes because he's still a bit afraid. So he is like... And then... And then he, he, he opens and the demon is dissolved. So that's a bit a description of the stages I want to talk about tonight. <coughs> but before... <coughs> a few words about what surrendering or saying yes is not. So here, saying yes does not mean to say yes to injustice. It does not mean to say, okay, I'm a doormat, just do what you want with me. It's not, this yes is not passive. passive. 
It's not like resignation. Yeah? So this is not the yes we are talking about. Actually, the yes we are talking about will empower you uh, to stand up for your needs, for your boundaries, for what you want to do in a much more intelligent, powerful and kind way. So this is so this is important. So what we are saying yes to is, for example, if we if we meet injustice, uh, what we say yes to is the immediate experience, the hurt, the helplessness, the anger. That's what we say yes to. And doing that, softening that the resistance connects us with more space, more kindness, more common sense, even with more life's energy. Because you know, the resistance, you know, war in your psyche sucks energy. So it's also not saying yes to stupid or, you know, like um, destructive patterns of thinking, like, you know, you have this pattern going on, I'm bad, you know, I'm unworthy, and, you know, nobody loves me, and yes, yeah, right, you, have, you are right, not like that. What you say yes to is the feelings. Yeah, I've, I feel shame. I feel vulnerable. This is how I feel. <clears throat> this yes does not mean you need to like what you say yes to. It's not about liking. Oh, I like my anxiety. No. But I say yes to it. Why? <coughs> Everything else is madness. Everything else is madness. It's like, you know, it's like sitting by the beach and complaining the, the waves are too small or too big. Or, yeah? It's madness to say no to a feeling. Why? Because it is. And saying no makes you suffer. And this is something you need to figure out. I mean, you need to experience it. Don't take it for like, okay, that's what they say, but you have to, if you, if you, no, if you experience it, wow, yeah, if I say no to this feeling, then I have a problem. Then, so you don't need to like it. Then, 
the yes we are exploring here is very radical. This yes also says yes to the no. So, it's not like breaking your resistance. It's not like uh, judging your judgment. There is also, and, and this is important because the, uh, resistance or a no, you know, it has some, you know, sometimes, you know, there is value sometimes in it. You know, it has a kind of protective function for your psyche. So, you know, there is a kind of a balance there. So sometimes, before to before you can really say yes, you actually need to nurture the space uh, in the sense of you need to connect with more resources so that you can actually handle what's coming up when you say yes. I mean, you're not, you're not sitting in front of your biggest demon without the Dalai Lama in your back or whoever this could be. You're not sitting in front of your biggest demon uh, without a hand. You are not in, in, in front of the, the biggest demon of your life without having developed some, some capacity for kindness, for love. So that no, you know, uh, so that no uh, needs to be also respected sometimes. So that was what this yes is not. The yes we, I'm inviting you to explore is a felt sense in your body, because that's where the resistance is. So this is something we explore in, in our body. So the ways you say no, where do you hold them in your body? Where do you do the no? And how does it feel to do the no? There might be a conceptual complaining and whining and why me and this shouldn't happen to me and why is this happening to me and I don't want this. It's always me. Yeah? So there might be a, a kind of a conceptual story, but uh, it's really helpful and very interesting to become curious about how that struggle with your experience is happening energetically. Where is it in your body? And the same with exploring yes. Yeah. So 
you, we might want to um, uh, support the yes with some words. Yeah? So there could be like, I mean, the most simple thing would be to, uh, to actually say the word silently or loudly. Yes. So let's say I have a difficult moment right now. Unfortunately, I don't have a difficult moment right now, but I could have, yeah? So let's say I had a bad day, I feel tired, I'm a bit anxious, and I'm sitting here needing to say w w uh, wise words, and I mean, it sucks, yeah? So, how, how would a practice of saying yes, how, how would that look like? So, I have anxiety. I don't feel... I'm good enough. Yeah? So the first approach would be, shit, I hope nobody noticed this. I shouldn't feel like this. I meditate since 20 years. I, I, this is so embarrassing. Uh, I'm, I, I think, I, wow, where's the, <laughs> I, I have to run out. Yeah? I, can, I think I'm going to have a blackout. Yeah? So that would be trying to fight the demon. Um, so, and this creates more demons. And it's very exhausting. And it would, uh, it would also disconnect me from you. Because I would need to kind of go to my, into my head and make, you know, kind of give a lecture like a parrot, disconnected from my own experience, something I've memorized somewhere. And, and what, I, what, I, what I would say wouldn't mean much to you. Just some conceptual ideas. You can read that in a book. So what would be a, a, the, the yes? So this would be, yes, this is how I feel. It's difficult, yes, but this is exactly how I feel. Yeah. And then I would, uh, you know, so kind of oh, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, and so even now I, I feel the response in my body. It's like oh. so in the. That's the fading of the demon. Yeah? And it's like, brings me back to my body, connects you, it connects you with my heart, it connects me with my heart, it changes my voice. It changes my presence, it changes the way I look at you. So that is yes.
How do you say no? So that is um, that's that's uh, that's so interesting to explore because we all have our different habits how we say no. Uh, also, uh, coming from our history, for you know, for different people, different kinds of demons are more difficult. Let's say you you come out out of a family where anger was not allowed, because it was just like that in this family. Nobody gets angry. It's bad to be angry. So then. Anger would be one of, of the demons uh, which you would resist a lot. You would even maybe deny it. So actually seeing the demon is sometimes, you know, is a step forward. Because one of the way our psyche handles demon is to project it out there and see it in other people and the society and the others who are also violent and so bad and... Yeah. So, be curious about that. How, how do I, what is the first step, you know, Milarepa uh, uh, fighting the demons? Um, what is that in my life? Busyness? Being in your head, trying to cognitive psychology like trying to explain and have frames of you know ideas and reading th hundreds of books about emotions never feeling them so that would be more the second step where, where Milarepa tries to teach the demon and uh, so this is a you know this is a very common way to to escape is um, to get into the head and trying to rationalize and explain and argue. Addiction, blaming. Blaming others for how you feel, blaming others for your demons, violence. So you get hurt, you can't handle the demon, you hurt back. You get cold, contentful. So that's different ways to not take responsibility for your feelings, for your demons. Running away, yeah? running away through addiction, busyness, entertainment. We are completely, uh, I mean, we are really supported in running away. And I mean, we're supposed to do that kind of, because it makes us consuming things. A lot of people make a lot of money 
with our incapacity to sit down with our demons and listen to them. Instead, we are listening to Netflix. So, while we investigate like this, of course, uh, and you know, there is a danger that we create more demons through that, you know, the demons of judgment. So it's so important to, uh, that's what I said before, so not to judge the judgment, not to resist the resistance, not to judge your, not to judge yourself for the no, but understand that, you know, look at it with kindness, understand where it comes from. Some of the no's which are still working in you they helped you to survive as a child. And the little boy did a very good job. But he has to outgrow it now. You have to outgrow it now. But that does not mean that you should spit onto the little boy, but to, to honor them and thank him that he took, took care. So how do you say no? What are your uh, pra practices of saying no? And um, how does it feel? So this is only, I mean, it, it's good to listen to this, but this becomes only a path when you start to experience it, because then only there, by experience, Ah, this is the way I say no. So, and it feels horrible. It's actually, you know, where my anxiety comes from, for example. So, and then, and then, when you then start to experiment with yes, and you feel, ah, yeah, wow, yes. Wow, this is actually better. There is a danger that saying yes is actually another way, sometimes even violent way, to manipulate your experience. Okay, demon. I say yes for five minutes and then you're gone. Yeah. This is not this yes. This yes says, okay, I see you, I'm here with you, and you can stay as long as you need. So, kind of the practice of acceptance or the practice of letting things be as they are, no, they are not really practices in that sense. They are not controlling, manipulating practices. 
as in all practices. <clears throat> Saying yes is sort of a practice, and, and we will explore this a bit, you know, how actually to do it. But it, of course, it's also a dis describing of a result. Yeah? It's a kind of describing, you know, so saying yes, the freedom of, of saying yes. Um, so saying yes can, a, can become a kind of inspiration, a compass in our life, where we kind of redirect towards it, and it's a journey. And we are not aiming for perfection. It's the journey. It's the journey of, you know, okay, yes, going towards it and failing and enjoying, um, enjoying, enjoying little changes. And even enjoying if you stop to make things worse. So things don't get better, but they, you, know, you don't make them worse. If you would ap approach this kind of practices, also compassion also, with this idea, it's about completely, all the time, with everything, perfectly, saying yes, being compassionate, uh, then you are really in big trouble. <laughs> and the people around you also. Because the only way to live with that kind of I ideal and using an ideal as you know, being confused uh, about that an ideal gives the direction is it, and is supposed to inspire you, but it's not. You're not supposed to be perfect. So the only way to handle that is to lie to yourself and others and make other people feel guilty because they are not as compassionate as you are. So it's a process. It's it's and it's a lifelong process, and there will be always. I mean, there, there will be always, you know, new edges and new challenges, you know, where you think, oh, shit, I know this, I don't definitely, I'm not saying yes. It's too hard, it's too big. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and then you have to do a few years of the first thing. until you kind of run out of steam or ideas or uh, so if you would do this practice yeah like if i would sit here you know i have an anxiety attack and uh, i would um, imagine it's about getting rid of the anxiety it's the most stupid thing to try to get rid of anxiety. 
I mean, come on. You're a human being. You're going to have anxiety for the rest of your life. Get over it. So, if I would sit here, ah, there must be some trick, you know, to get rid of anxiety. Because, you know, I'm the teacher and I've meditated for many years. So, uh, and then I would say, ah, yeah, yes, exactly. I just say yes, I'm doing the yes thing. To slide into the, uh, into the transcendental space of non-human, non-anxiety. <laughs> Uh, then uh, then I would try to manipulate my experience and it would call it would uh, it would increase uh, the intention inside of me and I would create another demon for example the demon of a spiritual teacher should be free of anxiety And it would mean, and also it would disconnect me from you. Mm. Saying yes in, it, in its different forms. You know? uh, can you can bring you very far? Actually, in a way, I always come back to this. It could be that we are here for becoming a lover of what is. And extend that space, that open heart into all directions. Uh, so you're saying yes is not a manipulative, manipulative violent practice. So what is it then? Uh, an important part is of saying yes is relaxing the no. So it's more a practice of non-doing. So you, you, you relax the things you usually do. The different moves of manipulating your experience. So it's like noticing, oh, now I want to have something which I don't have. So you relax that. Or now I'm, I'm resisting this, I'm struggling with this. I don't want it to be here. And you relax that. It is actually also 
a bit of a discovery that the yes is, has already happened. That the yes has already happened. So if you would, if this is, uh, this is difficult to explain in words, but maybe an, an image could help. The sky does not need to say yes to the cloud. Yeah. The appearance of the cloud and the yes happens at the same time. Initially, yes, this practice of yes, seems to be something you do after. Like, okay, there's something, and now I say yes. Yeah. And if I, if I say it loudly, then, you know, so it's more a discovery of the spaciousness which is already here. It can be supported by words. Uh, it's a kind of, uh, you know, I mean, you know, in, initially it might it might be helpful to have a bit of, a, you know, something you can do, because the doing is a bit easier than the non-doing. Yeah. So, and you know, finding your finding um, finding phrases, finding words, and finding an inner dialogue, which is more allowing, more accepting. Again, part of that, maybe more important part of that is actually to become familiar with the criticizing, negative, judgmental dialogue you treat yourself. Some of it is pre-conscious, so you might not even be aware of it. So most of, our, most of the people here, because it's like really infectious in Western culture, it's like a mental sickness, most of us have a horrible inner dialogue with ourselves. Even sometimes in a way we wouldn't talk with other people because it would be too cruel. And it's not your, I mean, the, the what the you know, what this voice says is you know it's not coming from you you do you know it's not a good idea it's something you just took from other people but you believe it something in you believes it that you are a rotten egg <laughs> imagine that some people put this kind of stuff into our mind, maybe our parents. <clears throat> I mean, how could anyone say, uh, say that you are not good enough? How could anyone say that you should work harder? You know, they, so, but someone did, and you're repeating, you're repeating it. And, and one uh, horrible thing is when you're repeating it, you're going to pass it on. 
So it's time to stop. How do you stop? You, first you become aware of it. You feel it. So then, you know, establishing a more uh, kind, yes, welcoming, inviting inner dialogue, that is something you can really train. You just repeat it. You keep on say, You keep on doing a, a, a like a meditation. I mean, basically, all my guided meditations are that. I mean, this is like the, no. it's it, it's like a, so. It's it's a kind of invitation for you to change your own inner dialogue to speak with your to speak with yourself in this yes this is how i feel way and then slowly slowly that will that will become automatic it will be the way you talk with yourself slowly slowly i'm saying i'm talking about 20 years <laughs> yeah, just uh, you know, to give some perspective. It's not like a quick fix. <coughs> so saying yes, but while you say it, you know, there's, for example, some people like, oh, it's okay. it's okay, it's okay. So, you know, when you, maybe when, when I said, um, yes, this is how I feel, yeah, I'm here with you. So maybe, not for everyone, but for some of you, you felt something. You know, you, something in your body already knows how to do it. You can't really, I mean, you can't really demanded yeah but you know you, your body can in that way can just learn <coughs> so, it, it, so but for that you need to be awake to that and, and and honor it and be curious about it ah this is how it feels when something in my heart relaxes or in my belly or in my solar plexus and it's like yeah, and then and then slowly, slowly, your body learns to, to do that. And then at one day, in one day, a demon shows up and you are like, ah. Yeah? So your, your, your first response to the demon is not to run or to fight. Okay. Let's have a break. Then we do a bit of a meditation and then... Uh, I also want to say a, a few words about um, the last step. 